Hello, this is Curtis Edwards, Vice President of Investor Relations at Hudson Investing. Are you ready to start building your multifamily portfolio? Kent and I are excited to announce our newest deal in Spartanburg, South Carolina. This 157-unit property offers a unique chance to acquire a B-class value-add property for just $120,000 per door. This is well below replacement costs. De-risking the deal even further is a favorable loan assumption with over six years remaining at 3.73% fixed. With 50 economic development projects underway and 70,000 jobs within a 20-minute drive, the South Carolina upstate region is primed for above-average job, population, and rent growth. Don't miss out on this exclusive deal. Find the link in the description notes to learn how you can invest. Just not knowing how much you're making and spending on a monthly basis, just sitting down and looking at those numbers in in black and white. A lot of people are scared of those numbers and looking at those numbers, but just being able to have those numbers in front of you is very powerful, even if they suck. Welcome to Right Around Real Estate, the show about how to passively invest like a pro. On each episode, I interview real estate experts who give their top investing advice, strategies, and tools and I break down their insights into practical steps to avoid the pitfalls and make better investments. I want to help you passively invest like a pro. This is Ritter on Real Estate, and I'm your host, Kent Ritter. Hello, fellow investors. Welcome to another episode of Ritter on Real Estate, where we teach you how to passively invest like a pro. Today, my guest is David Richter. David is the author of Profit First for Real Estate and He's the owner of Simple CFO, which is a, a company that sounds like helps uh, real estate investors with many things, including cash flow management, which is something we're going to talk a little bit about today. So, David, thank you so much for being here on the show. Thanks for having me, Kent. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so let's uh, let's start at the top like we always do and tell people a little bit about who you are and how you got to be where you are today. Sure. So I took a lot of the same journey that a lot of people who are listening probably did. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, I read it in college. A good friend gave it to me, and that was the difference maker for me thinking differently uh, than I ever had before instead of just going to school, getting a job, you know, going to work. So that's when I started buying real estate, started hanging around the right type of people too, real estate investors, and actually started working with some investors where we were doing five deals a month and then scaled it to about 30 deals a month. So I've seen a bunch of different exit strategies. I've sat in a lot of the different types of seats inside of real estate as well too. One of the seats that resonated with me, because if you're watching this, you can definitely tell I like the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. But that's where I really did. I I dove into the financials of the business and how they told the story of the business. It was really fascinating to me. Like We could be doing all these deals but if we're not making the money, like, why are we doing that? And that's where at this company, we were doing 30 deals a month. Sounds pretty awesome. But at the end of the day, we were spending like 31 deals a month. You know, it was like, that's where we were bringing in a lot, but we were also, you know, shoveling out a lot as well too. So bringing in, shoveling it all out. That's what got me thinking of like, there has to be a better way than this. Like, can't we focus on the net profitability, which during that whole time I was building my rental portfolio, sold it all off. And then moved across the country, helped another investor, went in there, partnered with him, built up his financial his financials and really helped him get solid financials in place. 
and we were able to refinance his portfolio, get hundreds of thousands of dollars in his pocket. Like it was life changing for him because he came to me and said, this is life changing. Like knowing where I stand, what I'm spending, what I'm making, knowing where I am in my properties, getting this money back out. That's where I said, I, I need to just help people at least give, know where they are, give them a chance, you know, mm -hmm. and that's where I started Simple CFO just to be able to explain the numbers to investors. But that's when I also got introduced to the book Profit First by a mentor, read that book in one sitting, took 10 pages of notes and knew that was going to be the cash flow management piece as well. So that's kind of how I got into all that side of the, you know, the financial world. And then from there, it was just implementing that system plus creating Simple CFO and helping now hundreds of investors and writing the book Profit First for Real Estate Investing, kind of going on that journey from baby investor to serious seasoned investor to now helping people and those investors make bottom line profit and get that true financial freedom they've really wanted because they now know where every dollar is going. So that's kind of my journey from then till now. Sure. Well, that's powerful stuff. I mean, obviously, like you said, why, why are we doing all this investing if, uh, if we're not ultimately making, making money out of it, right? right? And, yes. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of small, you know, whether you call yourself an investor, you're a small business owner, uh, I think that's a lot, it's an area where a lot of, of folks struggle, right? Is oh, yeah. ca cash flow management and how are you, like you said, understanding what's coming in, ins and outflows, right? How are you preparing for the future. Um, so what were, what were some of the things as you started digging in, in your own business to say, you know, as you started saying, like you're doing 31 deals or 30 deals a month, but you're spending 31 deals worth of money. What were some of the things you found out as you started digging in, like some of the inefficiencies that you saw? One of the big ones was we scaled up employees too, but we never knew like, how many employees do we need in order to do the amount of deals that we need to do? It always just felt like we hired when we felt like we need uh, a hole filled and not like, is there a system, a process broken, or is there something that could go there besides hiring another person? Because we scaled up from about five people to about 25 people. So there was like a decent sized team there mm -hmm. in this office. So that's where it was one of the huge inefficiencies was just having a, you know, a person heavy team. And I don't, I don't mind that as long as there's margin, as long as you, you know, you plan for that, but it was just like, oh, we've got a need, fill it. And hopefully we make money later. Well, that later never came, you know? So that was where it was like, that was one of the, definitely the big inefficiencies in the business as we were digging in. Gotcha. So, so hiring people and focusing on bodies versus creating a better process. Is that how you define it? Yeah, exactly. Just hiring for the sake of hiring versus hiring for not only a specific need, but like making sure that this is the best thing to do for the business. Is it an actual hire versus a system, a process that we could build out automation or a system, you know, like something that we can put in there, but we were just mm -hmm. hiring, hiring, hiring. Gotcha. So yeah, definitely people and labor is always one of your biggest expenses when you have a business typically, right? One of the best but, investments too, but it yeah. has to be an investment. It can't just be the, <laughs> can't just be the, oh, we've got a hole. Let's just fill it. It's got to be okay. What's the best thing for the business at this time? Yeah, absolutely. Were there anything else that, that struck you as you started digging into your own business? Yeah, there's a, I mean, there was a lot of things, just not knowing a lot of people and I've seen this true in a lot of the people that we're working with too, is just not knowing how much you're making and spending on a monthly basis, just sitting mm -hmm. down and looking at those numbers and like in black and white, 
a lot of people are scared of those numbers and looking at those numbers, but just being able to have those numbers in front of you is very powerful, even if they suck. That's why a lot of people don't want to. They think they're going to look at it and it's going to suck. But so many times in in that business and in other businesses like that we've helped now, it's just it's so powerful to sit down and look at it because now you can affect change. That was one of the things too was just having a regular meeting going over how much are we making, how much are we spending, like what are the different marketing channels and what are we spending there and what's our return, and we didn't really have a good setup for that and you know to be able to give good feedback and that was one of the things that we started implementing. That's where the red flag started to pop up, like why. Are are we why are we killing ourselves for 30 deals a month if we're spending just like a drunken sailor all the time you know money's just going mm-hmm. out the door as fast as possible yeah so you talked about kind of understanding where the different where, where cash is going right where yeah. you're spending money right exactly. breaking that down and then understanding within those different buckets you know getting to and one thing you mentioned was are we actually getting an roi right are we getting a return on our investment for the money we're spending whether it's yeah. marketing marketing is a great example right you can throw marketing dollars at a lot of different places but how do you really know what's effective if you're not measuring right. it right exactly a lot of people don't measure that that's what you know and you hear like the terminology and the cliches of like kpis and key performance indicators mm-hmm. but those are great like we have to have some sort of numbers that we're measuring against to see does this work or not you know, like when we work with people, we sit down and we do a return on marketing analysis to see right from the books, like right from what you're spending, what are you spending versus how many leads came through that and how mm-hmm. many contracts, you know, to see how, what is that actual return. And some people have pivoted their marketing or their exit strategies, like they were doing wholesale and flip, and then they went to one or the other because one was super inefficient, but people don't know the power that that unlocks until they see it in black and white and say, oh shoot, you know, like right. we thought wholesale was better and faster, but like we are actually taking longer than some of our flips, you know, for some of these deals or vice versa. Or like we thought we were squeezing the extra lemon, you know, the lemonade out here, you know, out of these flips, but that's mm-hmm. where we go into it and it's like, yeah, you're making double the profit, but it's taking you four times as long as a wholesale. So it's like, why that doesn't match up, you know, like the speed that you're doing it is, you know, two times slower than a wholesale deal. So just yeah. having that in your hands is really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you can go levels and levels deeper, right? As oh, yeah. you continue to, to get into stuff, but Big time. Just, just thinking about it at like the top. So somebody starts to work with simple CFO, right? Yeah. I mean, what are, what are the, some of the, the things that you know are the low hanging fruit that, that you start to immediately look at? Well, when people go on their entrepreneurial journey, they're usually reading like the rich dad, poor dads, those types of books and, and that stuff. When a lot of people come to us, we know that they haven't read a lot of financial, you know, business financial 101 books. So we're not putting that in front of them. We're just telling them, here's what you need to know to let, we call it laying the financial foundation. Okay. Like, here's some of the key things that you need. And number one is like, we got to put the right team in place. We have to have a good bookkeeper there. We have to have a good CPA. So you're like, especially in real estate. So you can mm-hmm. take, you know, all the depreciation and all the rewards and benefits that real estate offer. So it's like, do we have the right team? And are they giving us the numbers on a consistent basis? And are they accurate? It's like, we have to have just some of the basic foundational core things set up first. A lot of people come to us because it's just like the e-myth that you read or anything. A lot of the real estate investors are the technicians. They're good at getting the deal. Like I like right. getting the deal. I get that 
mentality and that mindset. And then we come in and say, hey, let's make sure you're actually a business owner too and know some of these solid financial things so you can sleep at night because one of the reasons most people lose sleep is they don't have a grasp on their financials and they lose that control of their money. So it's like, here's some of those foundational things. So it is getting the team in place, getting those numbers, and we do implement profit first right up front as well too. It's the cash flow management system that is built for the entrepreneur to see where the money is, like with banking accounts and knowing it it's like the envelope method you know Mm -hmm. but for with online bank accounts so that's where we implement that as well too because that way we can at least give them the power of managing the cash even if it even if they have a because we have people come to us making millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars with a mess like they've never either they've never entered anything before they've been doing it on spreadsheets or paper it's like while we're doing that we can at least get them up and running on profit first and something to where they're still managing their cash because you have to manage Mm -hmm. the dollars no matter what happens so it's like let's lay the foundation for a solid financially successful business and then let's also lay the foundation for a very cash profitable business as well too so that's what we do when they first come in gotcha so it starts with kind of peeling back the curtain and good you know good bad or ugly understanding what what's going on right yeah. so and I, I think you're exactly right is is people don't they don't want to do that because they're scared of what they'll see yeah right and, and you think by pushing that off that you don't have to worry about it but i think in reality that like you said a lot of people lose sleep because yeah. of that unknown right because there's there's an unknown out there and you're just avoiding it and that's not something that not something that's healthy. It's not something that, that helps your business either. And it's not something that, that helps you to sleep better. So the idea is even if it's ugly, understand it because you, unless you're measuring it, you can't change it. Right. Right. We've had some ugly situations too, when they do reveal it. And you know what, those people that were going from like out of business have turned themselves around because if they would have kept going the same way and just keeping their head in the dark, they would have ran out of money. And it's like some of them were the, to the tune of like they've been losing hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Mm-hmm. And like just being able to see that and like that their loans were almost floating them. But then being able to say, hey, we need to stop this. What what do we have right now that can help change this? But it, it just helps them ask better questions. Yeah, That's the real thing. The finances are not some magic voodoo dust out there or anything. It's just it gives you knowledge of your own business to ask yourself better questions to be able to affect better change and honestly put more profit and more dollars in your pocket. Mm -hmm. That's what it does. So it's like, I know what you're saying. Like a lot of people are scared of that. That's what we're saying here. And we have, we've had some horrible situations and then they turn themselves around because they see that they can, because now they can do that. But we've also had people where they're surprised, like, Hey, we're actually, we're doing well. What else can we do in order to get to a better position as well too? How fast can we build our reserves? Can we get to six months, 12 months as fast as possible? So just having that focus as well too, because if you're doing Mm -hmm. well, now you can focus those extra dollars to do what you want them to do. Reserves, invest, people, you know, expansion, other markets, you know, different marketing channels or more into the marketing channels, but you have to have that clarity. Yeah, no, exactly. So, and it sounds like it's not just what I would call accounting or financial reporting. It's also uh, business performance reporting, whether it's marketing right. and it sounds like other areas, right? You're putting metrics around all these different things. So you can understand where dollars should be allocated as you start to get a, a handle on your cash flow. Exactly, because most people have a bookkeeper 
or a CPA. That's the traditional accounting that we think in our head. It's all the mm -hmm. rear, you know, it's the rear view mirror. It's okay, they've entered the transactions or they've done my tax return. You know, now we can plan for the future. Well, no, the CFO comes in and is more like the GPS, like, okay, let's take what you have today, let's take in what you've done, and like, let's build the roadmap for where you want to go. And mm -hmm. like, as we're laying down the track, almost like, you know, like a, a pipeline or something, it's like, how do we have to pivot if something happens along that way? Or we forecast the cash, and then a property doesn't close, you know, go figure. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do we pivot there? Like, do we need extra reserves for that when that comes through? Or some people we work with, we work with all different sizes shapes of entrepreneurs here like people doing five deals a year to five deals a day you know like we do we cover kind of the gamut there with real estate investors and some of them are like how often do you sell the properties you know like how often do you do that if it's once a quarter we have to make sure is your cash flow going to sustain you for one property a quarter or if you're selling one a week like are we going to make sure if we miss a week that we'll be able to cover that week while you know the property got pushed back or whatever it might be mm -hmm. it's really the forward facing the business the cash flow versus just what you think of traditional accounting let's enter stuff in a ledger and then talk about it at the end of the month do we have that type of stuff too yes but that's not what we know drives the business and brings real value. It's more meeting with the entrepreneur and saying, here's the numbers. What can we do with them to make them better? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And no, I think that's a fantastic uh, way to lay that out because you said there, there's a whole typical accounting that is focused on the rear view, right? right. It's all, all that stuff that's looking behind you, but how are you using that info to make better decisions going forward? And so I, I appreciate that perspective, more of a strategic approach to, to your business. Yeah, exactly. So are there, uh, are there some tools that you like to use uh, as you're setting up a business and that you're, uh, you know, put, putting people onto your program? Like, are there some tools you found to be really valuable for folks? Well, I know it's one of the big ones out there in software is for financial people. We do like QuickBooks online. It's just very easy to be able to share, to be able to pull it up, like have it on your phone as the entrepreneur. Like if you need the data and you need it quickly, that's the way to go. And there's so much automation too. If you have good financial people, they can automate a ton in that in that specific software. So I definitely always recommend that. We usually switch people over to that if they start working with us because of how powerful it is and the automations we can put in. We also implement a CFO dashboard. It's kind of proprietary to us. It's called the Simple CFO Dashboard. And it is, it's a simple Google Sheet that starts with seven tabs of like how to you know cash flow project how to do the profit first allocations how to do an assessment on your business and like we implement that with our clients then from there we do other tabs in there like if there's specific projects but those are kind of the foundational things that we use right now and I love the I love the Google Sheets because you can share real easily and you they can see the updates in real time as the numbers are being plugged in. And it gives them somewhere there. It's like this is the one place for the finances, you know, to come in and for us to have those conversations. So those are two of the ones. We've also started using Ramp a lot for our bigger clients. It's a it's a very streamlined expense software where you know where you go in and you put in you know all your recurring stuff, but then also it gives you great reporting, great um, you know accountability, and then also has good you know approval processes. We've used stuff like Bill.com in the past and receipts and you know like all these different softwares, and Ramp has kind of just kind of bundled everything else up. Uh, we like it even better than a lot of the QuickBooks Online bill pay and stuff. We still use some of that, but if you want to look into Ramp, 
Dot-com. That's a really good one uh, as well, too, for just streamlining your your financial department. Gotcha. Well, great. Appreciate those tips. And I think those will be valuable for people to check out. So as you're thinking about, um, you know, all these clients that that you work with, right? I'm sure that we talked a little bit about your business, kind of what, what was your specific issue, but I, I'm sure that now that you've worked with all kinds of different clients, I'm sure that you see some common themes. Can you share some of those common themes with us? Maybe help some people that are listening. Uh, maybe it'll put a light bulb on for them. Maybe they'll say, yeah. hey, yeah, I'm doing that. I, I need to make a change. Most investors feel like they are making money, but they feel broke. So they feel like, hey, I'm doing a lot of deals, but I'm feeling broke. So first we might want to go into the psychology of the investor that comes to us. Like they come to us. A lot of them come when it's already like, hey, we're hurting which I wish I would be able to help people before that point. It's like, hey, we're doing well. We just want to get better. But mm -hmm. I get it. A lot of people don't think of the financial portion until it's a pain. You know, so it's like a lot of people get to that point, though, and they're like, hey, I do. I feel broke. Like, we've got a ton of deals. We've got like 10 flips going on, but I've got like $10 in my bank account. Can mm -hmm. you help? So that's where we have to sit down and go over those plans. I guess that would be another thing, too. A lot of people come to us. I'm talking about millions of dollars that they're making or literally a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year gross profit and they're not paying themselves. Like they're not paying themselves what they need, so it just affects every area of their life. It's like that cliche of, you know, put your mask on first before you help other people when you're on an mm -hmm. airplane. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a lot of people don't do that and they never take the time to plan out what do I need as a business owner, as a human, as a husband, as a wife, as a partner, as a spouse, whatever it might be. That's where a lot of people haven't had those conversations. That's one of the first things we do. We call it an owner's compensation meeting and say, what do we need? Are you getting that right now? How do we get you there as fast as humanly possible then to mm -hmm. get you to that point? Because we have to have you not sucking air every single week or you're going to be living. I call it like then you're making every decision out of fear and not from your purpose. And we see that all the time. So that's another yeah. big one. That's powerful. Uh, when people, yeah. When people come to us, that uh, affects a lot of people. A lot of people have one big bank account where all their money goes in, goes out, and they don't feel control because they're like, can I take money out of my account? Is that okay? And it's like, well, I don't know. Is that taxes or is that for a deal that you need or is that for like your payroll? So that's where we help people with profit first and split out those accounts too because that's one of the things is entrepreneurs are very visual. We're usually mm -hmm. very visual versus, you know, detail oriented. So it's like, we want to see there's money in this bank account. I'm good to go, you know, like for what I need, whether that's for my yep. own profit or pay or whether that's for bills for the business, whatever it might be. So that's another thing as people come to us. So there's two or three different things that I see when, uh, that span almost all of our clients as they come to us. I appreciate you sharing those. I think those are all really, powerful uh, insights. I think those, those are things that I have at different points have felt personally uh, yeah. as, as I've been in different phases of, of a couple businesses. And so, yeah, I, I think the one, especially about the, this idea that like you have to pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. and, and the idea is that you are, you know, I, I like what you said about kind of the owner's compensation meeting. And so, I mean, cause I think, you know, traditionally, and I, I've definitely been guilty of this is like, you want to pour everything back into the business and you, and you want to, you know, because you want to make sure that the business can keep growing and you want to make sure that you've got plenty there, but you can, you can put your, yourself, family, personal side kind of last. Right. Yeah. And in doing that, I think you do feel 
that stress. Like, I think you said, you know, you're sucking wind every week, like you're working really hard. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one, just from my personal experience that that is a big, just, um, I guess area of, of comfort to just know that you have, okay, I've got my, my, I know, I know what my family's like burn rate is or my cash burn is. I know how much that we need every month. And I know that we're able to set that aside. And that just brings a personal level of comfort. And I think that that, that helps people, like you said, not work from fear and work, work from their purpose. Right. So you're, or other way being said, you know, your, uh, your scarcity mentality or your abundance mentality. Right. And if you don't know how much you need, and if you're always questioning, then it's always going to be coming from a place of scarcity and you can't make good strategic decisions from, from that place. So I like that one, especially about making sure that you're understanding what you need, putting that aside first. And, um, you know, and I think that just gives you a, a good place of comfort to start to make good business decisions. Yeah. And we see that all the time. That's why we've started doing that, you know, probably a year and a half ago, that was one of the first meetings to implement with clients because a lot of people don't even though we get into entrepreneurialism you know and like to be an entrepreneur or a real estate investor because mm-hmm. we want financial freedom we want more time with our family it's like we got to put real things in place then like do you make enough to spend time with your family and like have a good life with them do you make enough and do you have a good team so that way you don't have to spend 80 hours a week working there like we have to make sure that you're putting some of those controls in place for what where you are right now that's why I would have loved implementing Profit First with these businesses, some of these smaller businesses and even larger ones. There's one in particular. He was able to, he's been working with us for three years. The first year before he worked with us, lost 70 grand. The next year, he was in the black, like multiple six figures. So, but it wasn't just that turnaround. The next year after that, he said, I want to have this many deals come in at this profitability and I know that way I can spend you know time with my family and then that year he was able to put money into his profit account and like different accounts for the business and able to take those out and spend them on the family and use a vacation you know the the two weeks vacation go with the family this year he called me and like the third year and he said you know the first two years have gone great this year I've made enough money so far this year this was at the beginning of June I've made enough money this year. I don't have to work the rest of the year if I don't want to. You know, like I can just spend the summer with my kids if I want. Mm-hmm. They're smaller, you know, smaller age. And yeah. he's like, I, I'm able to do that. But he said, if I do any more deals, it's icing on the cake. It's reserves. It's going into our portfolio, you know, to pay down debt on that or whatever it might be. Yeah. That's what I love to see. It's like, let's get this habit inside of you so that way you can have better decisions that you can make. You don't have to make a million dollars every year. What if 200,000 was enough for you to be very comfortable and like for your, your lifestyle and you had a team or like, and you have these deals coming in and then it's like you're halfway through the year and you don't have to do any more deals to support the business. Yeah. That's a much better place than always just being stressed all the time and then bringing it home to your family and then dumping it out on them. It's like, let's get you in a better place. And that usually a lot of people have hangups with the money and we, we understand that. So it's like, let's get you in a better place financially. Yeah. No, I love that. I love how that holistic approach of, I mean, there's a lot of mindset work involved there, right? A lot of mindset work that you've talked about. And I think that that, I think that's critical. I think that idea of bringing that stress home to the family, I mean, what you said is true. And I think it happens to a lot of us uh, entrepreneurs, right? As you, you set out on this journey 
because you know you don't want to be chained to the desk yeah you want to have freedom you want to be able to spend time with your family right and i mean so many entrepreneurs i've met their their reason for taking that that leap is because of their families and wanting to spend more time. And I think what you find though, once you get into the grind of it is you're probably working more hours than you ever were before. You may be spending less time with your family. Um, you don't have that level of security. So you've got this extra stress and, and ultimately it kind of degrades what you were initially trying to accomplish. Yeah. Right. And so I think that it sounds to me like the principles that you're instilling I mean, the reporting and understanding all that is great, but it sounds like those principles that you're instilling about how to look at it, how to relieve the stress um, are some of the most important aspects. And so I appreciate you sharing with those. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's the profit first mentality of making sure you're paid first, making sure that the things that matter are taken care of. And I've mm -hmm. taken that a step further, like for myself, I do something on Sunday night, I call it the profit first life and like look at my calendar, make sure I have time filled in my wife, my daughter, family stuff. And then the work stuff gets filled in around that as well too. Mm -hmm. So it gets easier as the business gets bigger or as you do those types of things. But if you start, I've been doing that for a long time, even before our business got bigger. Yeah. And it was like, it's just being intentional. It's being intentional with the dollars, with the time, with the things that you have and saying, I'm going to put the first things first that yeah. I really need to. But we hear that so many different places. That's why, that's why Private First resonated with me because it was more of like, here's the system for the money, but it's yeah. like, we can also apply that to different areas of our life as well too. Yeah. That, that process reminds me of, uh, I think it's Stephen Covey. I can't remember who, who did yes. it first. Yeah. It was the, the big rocks, right? You stack in the big rocks into mm -hmm. the, into the bucket. Like, so the whole thing is, is if you, you have like big rocks and little rocks and sand and if you put the sand in the bucket first and the little rocks, you've got no room for, for the, big the, ones. the big rocks to fit yeah. right in your bucket. But if you do it the other way around, put the big rocks in first and then fill the little rocks and the sand, everything fills in and you have room to fit everything in. And the, the idea of it is these big rocks are the things that you should really be leading with. And the big rocks are things like time with your family, right? Your health, your sleep, you know, exercising, eating, right? Whatever yeah. it is, these things that, um, really are those big rocks, the most important things in your life. And if you prioritize them, everything else can fit around them. And most of us, especially I think as entrepreneurs, we, we look at it the other way. We, we got to say it's got to be business, 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 business. Um, for all those reasons you said, right? That scarcity mentality, the, the idea of you got to make the money, all this. And you just, you lose out on the, those big rocks are the things that get left out of your bucket at the end of the day. So yeah. I think I love that ritual of sitting down on Sunday and making sure that you have those things carved out and letting the rest of the schedule fill in around it. I think that's a, that's a fantastic process. So, yeah. Well, David, thank, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate everything you've shared from just some practical tips the technology, a lot of mindset stuff that people probably didn't even, even realize comes into to really managing the finances of your business and your life. But I think all really important to cover. Uh, before I let you get going, I want to take you yeah. through our, our keys to success round. So four questions I want to ask you. The first one is if you were, if you're a real estate investor, you're going to invest money with somebody else, right? Put money in their deal. And you can only ask them one question. What would that one question be? I'd ask to look at the financials. <laughs> the numbers <laughs> don't lie. There you go. 
Yeah. Very, very much, uh, you know, in tune with your mission there. Look at the yeah. financials, but I, I think you're right. Right. I mean, if you look at the, you can look at the hist- historical financials, even maybe just going back to, um, track record and kind of historic performance, mm-hmm. right. And, exactly. understand, and understanding those numbers. Perfect. Yeah. What are you most proud of in your career? career because like in my life I would say having a wife and daughter you know that we spend time together but as far as career goes uh, probably publishing the book Profit First for Real Estate Investing getting that out the door and uh, getting that message out there a lot of the mindset that we talked about today is like from what I've gleaned from that and the the processes systems that have come from that and the people that we've helped so probably authoring and publishing that book yeah that's a huge accomplishment and then what's a book that everybody should read so besides that one, Profit First for Real Estate Investing, The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. Incredible book. He's a good, very good uh, business author, and I definitely recommend that one. Awesome. And last but not least, what is your number one key to success? My number one key to success, the habits that I have. <laughs> Talking about Stephen Covey here, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the seven habits of how he's successful and effective people. It's like, that's where I believe putting those proper habits in each day and sticking to them, you know, the habit on every Sunday of like putting the proper timing in place with the mm-hmm. money, the proper habits of moving. It's like having those habits that you have that serve you. Uh, and then, you know, just gleaming from different people, what their habits are, and then trying to put them in, you know, into my system, into my life. Yeah, I, I think habits and rituals and those things you do every day are absolutely critical. I think I think often people look at these like big milestone events, right? Like, okay, <laughs> we're gonna do this and then we're gonna right. take a two-week vacation, or you know, I'm gonna relax at Christmas because you know <laughs> right. th- things like that. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna take some time off here, but I, I truly believe it's the it's the daily things that we do. That yep. keep us centered and keep us sane. And, and you have to, you know, if you can stay balanced, I think in, in the craziness of everyday life, I mean, I think that's really where happiness comes. And, and, you know, when you think about time with your family, like, I think you said, you have a, a small daughter, like you're, uh, yep. you know, if you're, if you're stressed out for the next six months and you're like, yeah, but like, you know, around the holidays, like I'm going to relax, you know, and like spend yeah. some time with them. And then, I mean, you're losing out on so much quality time because you're just exactly. not in the, in the right headspace. So right. I appreciate the the comment on habits and rituals and sharing yeah. some of those with us. Cause I think that really is what, um, just helps us stay in the right headspace day to day. Yeah. She's five. I can't lose any time, you know, out right now she's growing up too fast. Yeah. Such a great age too. So yeah, it's very, I, very important. I get it. My, my middle one just turned five uh, hmm. about three days ago. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy awesome. how fast they grow. So yeah, spend that time with them. Well, cool. it sounds like you've got the systems in place to be able to do that and you're helping others do that as well. So I appreciate your mission. appreciate you coming here to share it with us today, David. And uh, with that have, well, actually I want to ask you, so if, if uh, folks want to learn more about Simple CFO, they want to get a hold of you, what are the best places to reach out? So one-stop shop is simplecfo.com, simplecf, as in financial officer, o.com. And that's where you can find our podcast, Profit First REI, the book, 
Profit First for real estate investing. If you want to schedule a call, no obligation. It's just, are we the right fit or not? If we're not, then we have other people in our network that are great financial people. So it's like just making sure that we give people that chance. So simplecfo.com is kind of the one-stop shop for everything if you want to learn about us and our mission. Excellent. And with that, David, have a great rest of the day. Thank you.